You're listening to the sensual sound of moon poet and whooping cough brought to you from the an apartment that we have broken into and a dog that is not ours. And on this special occasion, a special guest, Grace the Ghost Host. And welcome, welcome to, to the, the beauty, beauty, the, the elegance, elegance, the moral obligation, the They Them Podcast. Oh. Well, we should introduce ourselves. I guess so. Cool. What should we say about ourselves? I don't know. I'm a self-destructive... You know, <laughs> lazy I'm a self-destructive drag piece queen. of shit? Yeah. No, lazy fucking drag queen. Uh-huh. Terrible pansexual. Yeah. And uh, genderqueer. Okay. They, them pronouns. This is yeah. why this is a podcast. This is, yeah. This is why we're this doing podcast this podcast. This podcast is a podcast for us. <laughs> Whoa, Whoa. We found it. We are the vanguard. <laughs> we have new pronouns for you. Um, I'm the moon poet. I'm a poet. <laughs> Gender fluid and demisexual, even though I've been, like, doubting that recently. <laughs> so, <laughs> right. We can hear Grace the ghost host at this point. She has come back from doing uh, errands. Oh, things. Terrifying. How are you, Grace the Ghost host? Terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what happened is that Grace the Ghost host just, like, knocked over a table and... The dog that we stole is now floating two feet in the air. It's very cute. It, yeah. It's adorable. He looks adorable. The stolen dog is a very good idea. Yeah, we should steal a, an animal every time we do this podcast. Oh, definitely. Next time, a zebra. A zebra? We can go to St. Louis, get the zebra. Okay, yeah. Yeah. That's a that's a three and a half hour drive, though. But I feel like it's worth it. Like, a zebra? Yeah. We, can okay. we can just, like, jump into the thing, like, have an hour to ourselves that nobody's like, watching us. <laughs> like, we have money to to pay for guests. I have to all go. the money. <laughs> I'm so fucking broke. <laughs> it's not gonna happen. By the way, the next segment is about dysphoria. Dysphoria is a feeling that is not good and kind of very painful. <laughs> that is straight from the Oxford English Dictionary, right? Yes. Yeah. Dysphoria noun can be also made into an adjective by adding ick to the end. <laughs> I want to first start by saying that I hate that uh, Microsoft Word does not include dysphoria as a word. It tells you that it's misspelled. Yep. And I hate that. Like, yeah. I I get really pissy better. about it because like I I have a quick moment of just like, wait, did I misspell dysphoria? And then I try to spell it like a bunch of different ways. And then I put an F in it just in case. And then I'm like, wait, Dysphoria no. with a Y. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And it's like, I'm, I'm, I'm so sure that this is how you spell dysphoria. And then and then I Google it. And then I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. It's just fucking word being no, there's stupid. there's so much like queer vocabulary that I have now. Uh-huh. Like homonormativity. Like, yeah. it knows heteronormativity. Does but it know it, heteronormativity? We can check No, it way. doesn't. It doesn't. I've I've used it in papers and it has pages is more advanced than word in this. <laughs> oh, also pages, pages sucks ass. <laughs> it's terrible. I can't believe you've like you spent your entire 
college career college writing careers and on pages. That pages. Well, it was only the Truman part because like I got this thing on like junior year. Oh, okay, yeah. so like. What were we talking about? We were talking dysphoria. about dysphoria, yeah. but we never actually got to like explaining what dysphoria is. Dysphoria so. is, oh god, I'm gonna actually look it up. Yeah, no, 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 no. Let's do this. Let's not be completely because like there's there's a lot of ways to be uneducated about this shit. As far as uh, Google knows, and Google knows everything, dysphoria is a noun, a state of unease or generalized dissatisfaction with life. Huh. That seems a little too general. It's to a little me. too unspecific. I want it to be more queer. <laughs> but, yeah, because like I think from the way that we view it, dysphoria is always connected to the body. It's yeah. a, it's always uh, connected to a dissatisfaction with the body and not just like with life. Because in from what Google tells us, it fucking sounds like uh, like depression. <laughs> yeah. There's also like. Honestly, it makes sense. Like, my dysphoria is very much linked to my depression, and I'll yeah. have like episodes of just like feeling like I'm in like that corner over there while I'm like staring at myself mm-hmm. in the mirror, being like, "That's not me." Yeah. Or like trying to fix my face by like uh-huh. shaving off my hair, or like I don't know, putting on a lot of fucking I, eyeliner. I understand the idea of like looking at oneself in the mirror and not recognizing it as being you, but I don't have that idea of you being somewhere else. Yeah. I have the idea of being nowhere, like, not existing <laughs> as exist. a... Yeah, well, yeah. yeah. I'm a figment of my own uh-huh. imagination. We experience it differently. Yeah. What did you just look up? Just I looked up dysmorphia because, like, I've also had to go to therapy for body dysmorphia and, like, mm-hmm. anorexia and stuff like that. Fortunately and unfortunately, my dad's a trained psychologist, like a licensed psychologist. Yeah. Um, like, Education works a little bit differently in Mexico where, like, you have a five-year degree and you're licensed to do whatever you're doing. In, like, the States, you kind of have to have a master's degree to be a psychologist, mm-hmm. but in Mexico, you don't. He also got it in the 80s, so, like, that influences his thoughts a little bit. But he caught right away that I was having anorexia, um, which was, that was good. great. No, that was good. That was very positive, because, like, mm, I still struggle with that a lot, a lot. And, like, there's this odd balance of, like, am I being healthy with what I'm eating and, like, deciding that I don't want to eat today? Or, like that I want to eat, like, one vegetable um, when I've been, like, a pig before, which is a little bit more, like, bulimic than anorexic, but, like, at the same time, like, there's gray areas. Yeah. Um, Point is, I have a very troubled relationship with food Mm -hmm. and, like, my body image, but, like, my dysmorphia makes me feel exponentially fatter than what I am, Mm -hmm. and just, like, it mixes in with my dysphoria, because the fatter and the older that I get, the more I feel that my body sags and kind of melts in, like, a very male way mm-hmm. and I hate that because like the twinkier that I am the easier it is to put like padding on and stuff like that um, so that I can look a little bit more feminine and androgynous yeah. or like also like just like haute couture androgyny teaches us that like the people who are androgynous have these like beautiful fucking features and faces mm-hmm. um, and are just like thin as like a rock and like David Bowie like beautiful yeah. like that's exactly Close. who who yeah. I was thinking of. Is, yeah. uh Whenever I think about androgyny, I always think about David Bowie. Yeah, I think so. of David Bowie and Andrea Pajik, which I'll yeah. like show you. Um, I don't think I've ever seen this person. Andrea Pajik is a trans woman. Um, she used to be an androgynous model and then just like transitioned. And a lot of people like have actually, yeah. but she's like gorgeous. Like a lot of people when she transitioned advised her not to medically transition because she lost her shtick and her niche um, and she would just become like 
a woman instead of like this androgynous mm. beautiful boy that's very Which, interesting because like androgyny yeah. is a niche and it's something that is like it very much exists in the like, fashion world oh like, yeah that that is that is like coveted in the fashion world as being yeah. this, this People, like, amazing thing and like andrea Pacheco yeah. and like yeah but um, my issue with the fashion world is yes they honor androgyny and stuff but like the the fashion that is androgynous never really makes it out never makes it out of their own like the little bubble yeah no it's very uh, like haute couture mm-hmm. like high designer shit and yeah it's never like uh, like ready to wear stuff. Like, yeah, there's never an androgynous. You don't in the see store. that shit in like Coles or no. fucking Marshalls or whatever. Because people don't acknowledge the fact that they want to be more androgynous than they are. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. I've talked to so many straight guys. Do you do you that really feel liberated when uh-huh. they like wear a dress or something? Like thinking about like Cole and stuff. Yeah. Like, that. like Cole's also like way more. I don't give a fuck about anything. <laughs> which is like I, I wish that yeah. I were that like uh-huh. cool. But like even straight guys that like do give a fuck about their masculinity, mm-hmm. like you put them in a dress, put them in like lipstick, and they fucking love it because they feel liberated. Because it's yeah. like, um, I don't know. Like I've been so afraid to be perceived as like gay or trans or like mm-hmm. whatever, and like here I am in a makeup and heels and doing a terrible job, and like I still feel like a man. Yeah. And I I don't know. It just it's a very interesting dynamic i feel like people are more like want more liberation than they acknowledge the most important part of like what i wanted to get to with dysphoria Uh is the difference between non-binary dysphoria and like mtf and ftm like Mm -hmm. male to female female to male like trans Trans, people because we are trans like it's yeah it's a different sort of trans and i think both of us like Mm. most of the days in our lives are passably male Male. with like heavy quotations yeah um we both look queer as fuck. No, I don't know. I think you look more queer than I do. On I like. Basis. I knew you were queer from the first. Possibly you had blue hair. <laughs> yeah. So like, yeah. No, I knew you were queer from the first, from uh-huh. the first time that I saw you. Like, yeah. I knew that there was That's like nice. something about this human that was like not cis, not straight. That's nice because completely. like usually I think I I pass too hard as like a cis heterosexual. And that's an issue I've been fighting with myself with for. But a very you literally long time, don't but... have to do anything about it. Like yeah. I do it because I feel like it's empowering and like mm-hmm. stuff like that. But like you, you don't have to like go around with like the fucking like hey queen like yeah. sort of like. I, it's not that um, I don't do that. Like sometimes I do, but but it's it's kind of rare. It's kind of like little moments of just like I I am just doing it this way. I'm yeah. I'm acting this way. Yeah. And and it's I don't know. It's like I recognize it when I do it, but I I don't make a big deal about it. Yeah. Or anything. Yeah. So no, everything's valid. Like yeah. You like. It's stupid that we have to put this pressure on, like, codified, like, I have to show that I'm queer so yeah. that people know that I'm queer. Mm-hmm. Like, I kind of subscribe to that because, like, I, like, I'm like i tired of coming out to people. Like, I'm tired of yeah. people thinking that I'm, like, any sort of, like, straight or cis. Like, it's just and, not going to happen. And but, that's like, what I've thought about is, like, the thing that makes me feel kind of better about myself is this idea of, um, I, I am queer, I tried to represent it, and, but, like... There are queer people. I'm assuming there are other queer people like me that that pass as cis heterosexual or whatever, and that Literally don't the whole category and, and that don't <laughs> mind, like, and that don't mind d- 
doing that. Yeah. And the thing about me is that I do somewhat mind. And, yeah. like, I do want to change certain things, especially my dress. But, but that is a thing that I see in the future. That is yeah. a thing that I'm working towards. Well, the thing is that you live in the same town as your, like, family. Oh, yeah. So it, it's difficult to find that sort of expression. You also, like, went to the same school, but, like, your dad teaches that. It's very yeah. difficult. Like, this is the reason why I moved away from my family. Because <laughs> yeah. I needed a bit of, like distance uh-huh. um, to be able to express who I am and I and still I, like I haven't reached like the final evolution of who uh-huh. I am like but it's it's fun will we ever though like oh yeah well, totally next really? year <laughs> June 5th 2018 I will be a completely realized human <laughs> unfortunately I don't I, I don't think that's how it works at least it's not for me like oh no like it's, I, it's I, I know that however hard I work at like trying to do things for myself i don't think i will ever get to the point of uh fully realizing it yeah. like fully realizing myself as like this complete queer person and and that that is fine with me and i think a lot of that is rooted in my own depression like yeah. that that has very strong links to it yeah but uh but being gender fluid um like just doing hormones doing estrogen won't fix it yeah like and fixes in a in like very heavy heavy quotation marks like uh doing hormones doesn't fix anything but but it it helps it alleviates it alleviates it's a medical like way to make you feel better uh and i don't think it would it it would do that for me sometimes, but it wouldn't do it for me all the time. And that's that that's what it is being gender fluid. Like I I am continuously working through this spectrum. Usually I'm more heavier on the female side of it, slash like middle yeah. than I am male. But but there are moments like there there are fleeting moments yeah. of of maleness. <laughs> yeah. No, I I. I feel that because, like, back to disassociation and like uh-huh. me, like feeling like I'm staring at myself in the mirror. Yeah, and like the actual me is like sitting in the corner over there. I have a fluctuating but sort of clear image of who that person in the corner is, and I like I try every day as much as I can to become that person because I like I know what I want out of yeah. my life. Like barring surgery, I can't really do much about that, and like even with surgery, it's not a perfect fixed like yeah. fix. I, I wasn't born like like. It's weird, but I have a weird jealousy of intersex people of like uh-huh. having a physical like ramification of my own feelings inside. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, I know that like if I had been intersex, my parents would have totally had like oh yeah gender confirming surgeries and stuff like that. Like um, it would have been like I wouldn't have found out about it until I was like eighteen, nineteen, had to go for surgery for something like that, mm-hmm. um, and they'd be like, uh, well, there's this thing that we haven't told you about. Yeah. But I remember reading things about intersex people and feeling very, very jealous about them mm-hmm. because they were, like, um, they were something between male and female. And it, it, it was liberating because they didn't have to be either one. Yeah. So now I figured out that, I, like, I don't have to be either one because I don't want to be. Yeah. Um, but I still have that very clear image in my mind of, like, pointing to a corner and there's this, like, very skinny, like, very beautiful, like, mm-hmm. long hair, like, kind of, like, bangs cut out and like a ponytail of like very brightly colored hair kind of like 
Steph Sanyati, when she like was more going by like gender queer than like trans woman mm-hmm. type of thing, um, and honestly, like Steph, like seeing Steph Sanyati on YouTube was kind of a turning point for me because I realized that I wasn't the only one who was having trouble with my gender and just kind of didn't give a fuck and like, yeah. I wanted people to come up to me and be like, so are you a boy? Mm-hmm. Like, I, like I wanted that. I, I want people to have trouble with my gender. Yeah. And like right now I feel like people just like kind of like at work every single day it's like he, him and it's mm-hmm. uh, like this dude and sir. this guy. Sir. Like, um, like they know that I'm gay. Um, mm-hmm. Which I'm very glad for because I don't want to have to explain to 50 year old guys all the time yeah. that are just like, you have a wonderful job. And like, they probably don't sound very gay. So, like, <laughs> let me butch up this voice. Yeah. Be like, you have a wonderful job where you can, like, see girls in bikinis. And I'm just like, do I not look gay to you? Like, I yeah. just, like, I don't care about girls in bikinis very uh-huh. much. Like, they're nice. They're cool people. They're super great customers. But, like, also, like, I know that a girl in bikini is wanting a kayak and not a boat. But, like,. <laughs> No, 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 no. It's gotten to this point where, like, I know exactly, like, you kind of stereotype people when they walk in the door of, like, uh-huh. do they want a kayak slash canoe slash, like, paddle boat? Uh-huh. Paddle boat's a completely different, like, kind of person because they're the people that are not confident, like, rowing themselves. So it's usually, like, somebody and their little kids. Uh-huh. Um, somebody who wants a kayak or canoe are, like, really, like, if they have abs slash look like they work out, they want to fucking, and look, look young. Yeah. Like, they want, they a want a kayak, they want a canoe, yeah. and, like, they're going to take their shirt off and you're going to, like, be a little breathless for a little bit. If they're, like, older and look like what they're, like, they're older and they look like they've, like, been on a boat before, mm-hmm. they usually want a boat. If they look, like, if they walk in with their fishing supplies, they have a boat of their own, they just need a fishing license. Yeah. <laughs> Slash beards. Like, all beards, all hair that looks like just, like, burnt the hell out of their head. It's weird. I've come to, like, stereotype people on, like, what they want at the boathouse. Yeah. By the way, I work at a boathouse. <laughs> Um, and honestly, like, I, like, I'm a goth kid. I've always wanted to, like, be indoors and uh-huh. just, like, be this, like, sulky little, like, cooks food in the dark and burns it because he can't see what he's doing. Sh- they. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> the entire things that they then podcast and I just yeah. misgendered myself. And that's fine. No, I think, like, I'm getting Like, I misgender like myself all the time. <sighs> but I usually use, uh, like, she, her pronouns when I talk about myself and misgender See, myself, I so. would consider myself more to the male side. Yeah. But also, like, that doesn't... I think I consider myself more to the male side because I feel like I express myself more that way. Mm-hmm. But I don't want that. Like, my is like, it, ideal is of, like, Is it connected to, like, your identity as being gay? Kind of. I, I'm very proud of being a person with a penis who likes other people with penises. Yeah. I like putting on that role of, like, masculinity and being a little bit more, like, like butch. Uh-huh. With those kinds of things, but also when I picture myself in my ideal future, like as a like punk star, comic book writer, drag queen, yes, I look a lot more androgynous, and like I, I have certain characteristics that make me more male, mm-hmm. but it's sort of a like hidden behind this like more female facade of like I still have a dick and I can still be dominant even though I like look this feminine. But I, like this is why I want FFS because I feel like it's not yeah. achievable. I feel like I want my masculinity to be sort of this like punk part of me. It's just like I'm not gonna conform to your rules. Like I don't, I don't want this for myself, so I don't have to do it. I like I, I don't have to do anything mm-hmm. that the world wants me to do. Yeah. So in my mind, in my ideal, I'm a lot more feminine than I look now. Okay. But in my like grinder point of view, like I like that. Yeah. I don't know. I like playing roles, so I I like pretending to be things that I'm not exactly because they're part of me. And I can accentuate them 
and then I can change to something else because I know that that's not me. Like I, I can just throw off personalities because it's not who I want to be. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Being true to myself is a, is a very elusive. Like I don't know how to do that sort of thing. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. It also comes back to dysphoria because like I don't know how to alleviate my dysphoria because I'm non-binary. Yeah. Like I'm definitely not a trans woman. Like I, I like, I've thought about this for a very long time, and as like as, as a kid, I remember like wanting to be a woman yeah um and maybe that changed like because as a kid i wanted to be like a full-hearted woman Mm -hmm. and like later on i kind of came to embrace that like masculine part of me and i like it like i I really like that so like non-binary fits me perfectly yeah because i don't want to be either one i I don't want to be tied down to either one but i also don't know how to satisfy myself as either ones because like sometimes i have like top dysphoria like i I sort of want boobs and i want to be able to Mm -hmm. like wear a bra um, I have definitely, like, waist and, like, proportion line dysphoria because, like, I mm-hmm. want more of, like, an hourglass figure as opposed to just, like, straight up and down. Yeah. Um, I, like, I don't know. It's, it's weird because I don't know how to appease myself because, like, sometimes I'll have, like, top dysphoria. Sometimes I don't. Yeah. Uh, sometimes I have, like, beard dysphoria. Sometimes I don't. Yeah. And I pretty consistently have a lot of, like, face dysphoria because, like, and this is why I want FFS eventually. Mm-hmm. Because I want to not have to put shit on my face to make myself androgynous. I want yeah. to just be androgynous when I wake up. But I understand that. Um, I also have like quite a bit of face dysphoria, but I feel like for me, the what I would do is I would do estrogen. It it would round off the parts of my face that I feel would uh, are what's bother- and bothering me. Clear up your skin to make it a little bit easier to put on like makeup and make it look yeah. more subtle and like Yeah. Yeah. The problem for well, me is Well, I have a lot of issues with makeup, but that's that's yeah, a no, no, whole no, that's other fine. podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I fucking love makeup. Um, uh-huh. And I like you in makeup. There are certain people that I think overdo it and uh for someone who who like does it pretty much all the time you do it quite well so you <laughs> feel like really happy and sad because <laughs> I, I don't know i feel very i feel very self-conscious about it because like one i feel like i'm imitating certain people yeah if I'm a certain like, person a I'm certain assuming. person one like <laughs> yeah yeah i feel like i'm imitating whenever i do that but yeah. also like this is something that i've wanted to do for a long time for me and it, like, like whenever i see you doing it i don't think of anyone else I don't think of or I don't think of like yeah. anyone else who no, like, who wears makeup. That's part of the reason why I got rid of the mohawk because like I like I felt like I was too much trying to be him then. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Like it, it just like it didn't feel right. Yeah. Um, I'm afraid of that, but also like I'm afraid of a looking too pristine. Yeah. Because I don't I don't feel pristine. Like even as a gay like person, I am. I'm a messy gay. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm, I'm not those gay guys that are just, like, perfect hair in place. I'm like, right now I've got too much hair product in, so it's disgusting. But, like, <laughs> it's, like, I, I, I don't, like, no matter what I do, I don't look completely clean. Yeah. And I don't want that. I want to feel a little bit punk and grungy. And honestly, like, my kind of drag, like, leading uh-huh. into drag and, like, how much it, like, has helped me. Yeah. It's very punk and grungy and, like, kind of thrown on my face yeah. because, like, it's not very yeah. drag race. Like, I'd love to be on drag race because I, I love the exposure and I'd love, mm-hmm. like, just being a rude girl. Like, I, like, I worship these people. Like, it's yeah. terrible. But I'm not very RuPaul's drag race. I, I'm very 
genderqueer, even in my drag. Yeah. To the point that, like, sometimes I'd be, like, offended if somebody called me she in drag. Really? Um, yeah, no, I went to class one day. I had, like, I think a skirt and, like, um, and I see had, like, grinder hookups that I go to, and they're like, were you the one that, like, walked around in a skirt? And I'm just like, yes, I did. Um, but, like, I had a what skirt. What was this? It was not last semester, but the semester before that when really? I was taking, like, Spanish Civ. Huh. I had a black skirt that I, like, threw away in a mental breakdown. Yeah, it was like, I've never seen you wear a skirt before, It was a long, so. black, like, kind of flowy, like, skirt. Yeah. So I was, like, I have dressed in all black. Like that, yeah. yeah. I was dressed in all black. I had, like, on, like, high heels just, like, dug into the back of my feet. Uh-huh. Um, and I had drag on. And, like, I didn't have a wig because I don't have a wig. Yeah. But, like, I walked in in drag and was just kind of, like, sat down and, like, Dr. every single time would refer to me by she, her pronouns, which I, like, mm-hmm. I liked. Like, part of me was uh-huh. just, like, she's recognizing the fact that I might be trans. Yeah. <laughs> but, because she's had trans people in her class before. I showed up in drag for, like, three or four classes consecutively. Mm-hmm. Um, which, like, it's not, like, drag drag. It was, like, I was having a lot of dysphoria. <laughs> I was, yeah. like, I needed something um, to, like, be acknowledged that I wasn't male. Um, and uh, so I walked into class. She started referring to, referring to me as she, her. And the first day I liked it. And after that I was just, like, nah. Like, I, mm-hmm. I, like I'm not she, her. I'm not he, him. I need something different. And that was yeah. one of the first points where I realized that I needed pronouns. And that is the They Them podcast. That's when I decided, like, actually, it was really, like, uh-huh. sort of sudden when I realized that I needed to be started using, like, They Them pronouns. Yeah. It was a vowel. Like, I don't know. Um, we can talk about that later because I have to pee. Yeah, let's. You go pee but, and we can figure. We can go into that in a second. You're all lovely. You're all beautiful. I'll let you Goodbye. And now, a word from our sponsors. Now! And now, another word. A tradition as old as time, passed along from the age of oracles to the red light district to you. From the makers of Snuggle the Popsicle comes a journey, a romance, a tightness to keep your every dream and hemoglobin-filled sensation deep, deep inside your... (laughs) Dick. People, I give you vintage cock rings. Feel the throbs of your ancestors. So we were talking about dysphoria. <laughs> <laughs> Where were we? We were talking about dysphoria. Uh-huh. We wanted to talk about like the different dysphoria between being gender fluid, which is you, and uh-huh. gender queer, which is me. Yeah. Which is very works. specific for us two. Let's like, also like talk about our own def- because like non-binary in general has really weird nuances between people because yeah it's it's kind of uncharted territory and we're yeah. all kind of like also being trans for every person is very 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 different like uh-huh. the level of dysphoria that you feel for certain things and like i liked how how you earlier on uh, mentioned that we are trans yeah like that's something that we shouldn't really toe around yeah. because we we are trans but in our own way yeah. as far as being like genderqueer and yeah. off of the gender binary yeah it's sort of like the, the way that people talk about like i don't know just watching a video that, like trophy nuts onision was talking about shane dawson's yeah like coming out as bi and was critiquing it because like literally you can just date a girl and be fine and that's not the way that being bi works like you yeah. have attraction to certain people and if it's a guy you like it's gonna be another guy and like people are gonna critique you for that mm-hmm. and if you date a girl then people are gonna think that you're not queer yeah so like no matter what like coming out as bi is completely completely valid and you're still queer as fuck mm-hmm. like even if you've never had an experience with like the same gender or whatever yeah like you're still bi non-binary kind of feels like that where the fact that we in some ways 
conform with heavy course to being male and in some ways don't when we conform more to being male like people are going to be like you're not really a trans you can hide mm-hmm. and you'll be fine which is sort of true because like right now like i could be passably cis male but like whenever we like look more trans mm-hmm. then people discriminate at us for being trans yeah. and it's not something that we can like avoid i will like do drag to like alleviate my dysphoria not necessarily because i want to like be a performance and just be like fuck gender what's gender like i need this like mm-hmm. i need to look androgynous yeah um which is the difference between like that's how i know that i'm not cis it's uh, it's weird because we are trans mm-hmm. but in sort of the way that like being bi is queer um and it's valid and and like we need to very like, much experience this so. and like one of the hardships about it is that like we don't know how to alleviate our dysphoria like we've been talking about that like yeah. it, it varies between the two of us mm-hmm. well yeah. it's it's also like our dysphoria is somewhat different yeah. like my my dysphoria is very much centered around the genitalia and yeah. the idea that that genitalia does not it does not somewhat match with how I feel at the time I think I, I I deal with the whole body in different moments but but it's mostly centered around the genitalia and from what you've told me is that your dysphoria is more kind of a whole body yeah problem it's it's experience <laughs> yeah no for me it's a lot more about my face than my mm-hmm. genitalia I don't mind having a penis yeah it's there i don't care it's i actually kind of enjoy it sometimes yeah um i more care about like the entire the overall you're right like the overall like impression of me mm-hmm. with it but it's mostly centered around my face because like that's the thing that i can look at the most and be the most like um fuck my face is really long and like really yeah. like like i have a very wide forehead because i have like male pattern baldness and like that kind of stuff like the face seems like the most unavoidable part of me and like if i could fix the face is the thing that would feel like most of a relief to me because like thinking about my life if i have ffs like makes me so much more peaceful inside because i feel like i don't have to look male yeah and i'm not going to age like a guy like my body's still going to kind of like if i let myself go slash like that's just going to happen anyway like my body's gonna sag in a very male way, mm-hmm. um, and that causes me like so much anxiety that I can't breathe, and I'm kind of having trouble breathing right now. But at least my face, the part that people see of me with clothes on, is gonna still represent something more female than what I was born with. Yeah. Um, so it, it makes me more peaceful inside, and that's how I know that like that's a good decision for me, mm-hmm. because like I find like my ecstasy in that. Um, the idea of like that I can change this and there's like now the medical capacity of me not feeling like shit as I grow up and like because like I've seen old drag queens and some of them can really work it but like I feel like I wouldn't be able to because I'm not mm-hmm. that talented I'm not that androgynous like normally I'm terrified of the fact that I'm just gonna be somebody that doesn't like that what I do to myself doesn't work yeah um because it, what I do to myself kind of relies on youth, and I'm terrified of that. I like, think just being old terrifies me. That, that that's a whole other episode of the podcast. But yeah. like I I think it this is really true for us at the age of twenty three. Like yeah. 
it's it's hard to tell what it's going to be like at the age of 40 and yeah. stuff because unfortunately we're not going to age the way that we would wish that we yeah. could age but i feel like that's a very human thing like yeah. i feel i feel like no one wants to age the way that they are aging yeah. <laughs> so so that I guess is kind of a bridge uh, like between all that but I know for me I I think about more more of the hormones and stuff as a way to help for me because it would be kind of a more constant thing a thing that would be kept up yeah uh, that's true and um, I'm also super frightened of surgery like yeah like that that isn't a uh, but w- i'm also frightened of hormones and and stuff because that's that like i will have moments when i feel male and it, it won't match with the estrogen that's going in my body mm-hmm. uh so in, in a lot of senses there's no right answer and I, 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 that's where we fit in with kind of like within this weird cloud of non-binary, of non-binary and, yeah. and trans. Like, it, unfortunately, there's no one yeah. route. And, and I feel like that's, that's very particular for any trans person. Yeah. I think that's really helped me. That was actually like in a video that Chase Ross, the YouTuber, like, uh, FTM like yeah really like honestly his channel is just like amazing and so good and like <laughs> he's getting like his monetization chopped so much because he's doing a lot of queer shit and he also like yeah. he reviews Packers and like prosthetics and shit like that okay which, like, yeah are considered more like sex toys and like inappropriate for kids and like stuff like that which they yeah. shouldn't because they're literally to alleviate dysphoria but Chase Ross said something that was like I'm never gonna be a cis man like I'm never gonna have a cis man's penis mm-hmm. so now my ideal needs to not be to have a cis man's penis but to have like phalloplasty yeah um, so that, that like he literally posted this video like maybe two weeks ago and for me it's been the most comforting thought in the world that like I need to not like have in my mind that I'm gonna be like Andrea Pajik yeah. like before transition pre-transition like it's just not gonna happen like my ideal is not gonna be to be intersex like my mm-hmm. ideal is not gonna be to be like naturally androgynous or yeah. whatever like born more androgynous like my ideal has got to be to like have FFS and feel comfortable with who yeah. I am and yeah. I feel like the older that I get I am getting more comfortable with who uh-huh. I am and it's I think it's it's all about you have to be whooping cough you have to <laughs> yeah. be like you have yeah. to be yourself yeah. like and and that's something I'm also kind of realizing because I like whenever I kind of envision myself completely it would be more female it would be if I were born uh, biologically female and still gender fluid yeah uh, I, I kind feel of like, like I, I would be able to figure it yeah I would be able to figure it out better yeah and 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 stuff because the body parts that I feel that I, I'm feeling the most dysphoric about aren't a problem in that situation. Mm-hmm. But honestly, 
who's to say that that's how it would feel like if I had yeah. been born biologically female? I just like to comfort myself that is with really that. Interesting. It, it, it's this idea of like I can't go back and change that so I have to somewhat figure out how to be okay with being who I am yeah the way that I am yeah that's really so. interesting because I feel like I like come from sort of the opposite point of view because like mm-hmm. I would prefer to be AMAB like assigned male at birth yeah um, and then sort of be more androgynous looking so uh-huh. like I, I, like I think that's part of the reason why I question the fact that I was genderqueer for the longest time. Yeah, because I like, I do want to have a penis, mm-hmm. but I want to look more like female androgynous. So like being somebody who has a penis is like a step in the right direction for me, um, and that's just fucking lucky. Like because like that's something that I have. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't mind, which is why I'm like more comfortable. Like yeah. I don't have much bottom dysphoria. Um, sometimes I do, and I just kind of like push the person away and just like I don't explain it because I don't want them to feel like, like it's complicated. About yeah. Or <laughs> like, oh really? Yeah. I like hmm. I'm so convinced that I'm a simple human being that I like <laughs> I need people to just like understand maybe it me. makes me feel bad that like I I feel like a complex human being and i i've always thought that way like i and i i i but it's also remedied by the fact that i think everyone's complex like i don't i don't i I don't think that everyone is fucking complex uh but like at the same time like i need to feel i'm not a freak Mm -hmm. that i have things in common with other people and that like i don't I, i don't know I feel like I'm relatively easy to understand because I live inside my own body. Yeah. And I assume that people, other people should understand about this, which is part of, part of the reason why I don't like talking during sex. Because I feel like people should just know this shit. Which is completely irrational it's, and unreasonable. Yeah, like, like, you can't expect someone no, no, who's no, no, having no. sex with you it's to, like, to know that shit about I, you. I have, like, all my life been thought of as, like, the weird kid and, like, the super complex mm-hmm. kid. That, like, I'm tired of it. I'm sick of it. I'm tired of people thinking something. that I'm odd. Yeah. I, like, I don't want to be normal. I just want people to be just like, okay, cool. Like, that's not that big of a deal. And, like, yeah. move on. It's not that big of a deal. <laughs> like, I'm yeah. not that, no. like, difficult to comprehend. Yeah. But, I don't know. At the same time, I'm, like, we're making a podcast about, like, who we are so that people can comprehend us better. I don't know. Back to my, like, obsession with Pete Burns. Which yeah, is, like, yeah. Nothing. <laughs> Pete Burns, the singer of Dead or Alive. Fucking wonderful human being. Um, like, I remember watching him, uh, there's this show, I think, called, like, Wife Swap or something like that, where, like... Wife Swap? Yes. Where, like, they, like, two couples, like, swap yeah, wives. Yeah, yeah. An episode where, like, Steve, like, sorry, Pete Burns, and, like, this other, like, heterosexual couple, like, swatch wives, and Pete Burns uh-huh. becomes this, like, super straight guy's, like, wife. I loved how Pete Burns handled that, because it was just like, fuck you, I'm not gonna do that. Yeah. Like, I'm not a girl, like, I'm not a guy. Like, I'm not going to conform to your expectations. And he was just so pissy about it the whole time. Because, like, he would also just, like, get exasperated because, like, him and his, him and his husband, or, like, boyfriend at the time, would, like, talk together and be like, yeah, some people don't understand this. Like, we're, like, a gay couple, but also, like, what is gender and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And, like, that was so liberating for me to watch. Because I feel I've that I've never way. seen that episode. It's... I'll find it later. I, yeah, yeah. I it's like a 40 minute thing. You've mentioned several times about like how YouTube was a really helpful thing for you, figuring shit out. 
and for me it was it wasn't YouTube for me it was Reddit and it was specifically uh, like I love the podcast Harmontown and you know that and a lot of a lot of things I've learned through that podcast have helped me as a human being and especially there were uh, episodes that included this trans woman she was invited back onto the podcast several times to kind of talk about it when i was having issues uh about my gender i went onto the harmontown reddit and talked about it and like i knew there was for sure one trans woman and one gender queer person in the community like i i knew that because i had heard them on the podcast and they were active on the reddit and when i talked about my shit they would talk back to me and it, it, it was just nice to know that in this bigger community of armenians of people who listen to harmontown there there was this other community of queer armenians who were watching out for each other and especially those who were open to helping others figure it, figure shit out for themselves. For me, like, I, I had thought for at least about six months or so that I was a trans woman. And um, I knew from the beginning that that, that that didn't fit for me. But I didn't have the language for it yet. Yeah. It took a lot of, like, searching uh, to, to really realize what, what I was feeling. But once I did do that, once I did get the help from Reddit and everything, it, it just made sense. Yeah. Um, now I have a more mixed feeling with the Reddit community, especially the, the genderqueer, genderfluid community on Reddit. There are certain things that go around in the community, especially the way that you view what it is to be like genderfluid and genderqueer which becomes kind of a box of just like, you have to dress up this way, you have to be this way to be gender fluid, gender queer. And I kind of don't like prescribe to that. I, yeah. I think you, you can be whatever you want, however you want. I, I found Reddit to be very helpful because I was able to talk to those people directly. I was able to get that help, that direction from them in that way. Yeah, I, I never seek direction. I, I don't ask for help. Yeah, ever, which is not very helpful. Like like therapy was helpful for like anorexia and stuff like that. Yeah, but like that was something that like it, it was very parent driven. Yeah, um, I love therapy. I like so. I I did love therapy, but I don't like the idea of not being self sufficient, which is uh -huh. stupid. And it's something that that I just like I need to get over. Um, but for me, YouTube it's was okay a way to be self sufficient though. Like, there shouldn't be anything wrong with yeah. trying to be that way. See, like, YouTube, like, I would never respond in comments to anything. I, I would, uh -huh. like, just kind of be a ghost there watching things and giving them views. But, I don't know. Like, I, I didn't figure out what non-binary was until, like, mid-college. Yeah. Um, and I, like, like even, like, Steph Sanyani, who I'd been watching since, like, high school, I'd seen her, and I just kind of assumed that she was, like, a cis man who was just, like fuck gender like i don't have yeah. to dress like this and i sort of felt that way for a long time but i'm not mm. finding things like non-binary and like gender queer gender fluid like agender like third gender like yeah has been sort of 
an adventure for me. The word genderqueer, where, like, I feel queer about my gender feels right right yeah. now. Yeah. And it's enough of an umbrella term where, like, I can figure shit out. Do you feel like that idea. might change? That word uh, may not work for you anymore? I feel like the word is st- will still work. I might be more specific about what I mean by genderqueer eventually. Yeah. But I feel like somewhere in that genderqueer word is where I'm at. Yeah. I'll figure it out. And honestly, like, I don't need to figure it out. Like, if mm-hmm. I die and never figure out who I am, like, that's fine. The fact that I, like, realized that there was something up with my gender and that I didn't, like, become a trans woman who, like, detransitioned uh-huh. feels good. Not necessarily born, but, like, if I'd, like, come into, like, adulthood in, like, the 90s or 80s, like, I would have totally transitioned to female and then detransitioned to somewhere in between, I think. Yeah. And I'm glad that I didn't have to go through that all the way and that I had accessibility of information. It's part of why I want to have, like, FFS but not, like, laser off my, like, facial hair. I want that, like, feminine face with that very masculine trait mm-hmm. that's kind of unavoidable that is a beard. And I don't have a very good beard. I've tried, and it just looks makes me look really sloppy. Really? I'm not good at, like, being that sloppy. Yeah. Maybe, like, someone will just, like... I look a like a mess all the time, <laughs> with a beard or without a beard. But you also have, so. like, a fuller beard than I do. Yeah. But, like... Yeah. I, like, I, I don't know. I yeah. Like, my beard just makes me look haggard. And I was, it's, it's also <laughs> part of, like dysmorphia because yeah. like, I feel like the more beard I have the more it like hangs my face down the more it like makes me look like I've got like fuller cheeks mm. which is weird because it's supposed to be the opposite I feel like I look fatter with a beard mm. which is why I shave it off every time but also like I look more male with a beard and it's inescapable so unless I've got makeup on I can't stand the way that I look Yeah. so like I like the way that I look with a beard and makeup or no beard and no makeup I want that like sort of female androgyny plus beard yeah because i feel like that it would be an interesting intersection point and like yeah. i don't know I, I know that to like a trans woman that would be a lot of like dysphoria but to me like it just means that i'm at where i want where i'm gender and, confusing and like, that's what it means to be gender queer yeah. for you like that's what it seems to be for, for me as gender fluid it's kind of somewhere in between that it's somewhere floating and that yeah. And and like that's what in the fluid. well that yeah. that's what I love about the the word fluid and gender fluid is that there there's a flow to it there's a movement to it there it it's a continuous movement it's it's not something stationary which I could not understand like even though for the longest time as a child I thought I was cis. I, there was always something moving about me. And, like, I have very vivid memories of me wanting to be a woman and pregnant or seeing myself in the mirror and imagining how I would look if I were born biologically female and stuff. And those things, looking back on it, just explain everything. And, And it's beautiful like like they're beautiful moments to me um when before they just seemed as distracting and annoying or even just not right they they didn't fit what what was supposed to be happening to happening to me as a young child yeah so no i've thought about the word fluid Mm -hmm. and to me it doesn't make any sense because like for me queer makes a lot more sense because i am gender confusing yeah like all that i want is to be gender 
but like what the fuck are you doing like mm-hmm. I like I like I don't want I don't feel a fluidity I feel yeah. a very stable not yeah and like I also remember like <laughs> so like I'd go in as a kid and like put on a towel on my head so that like, I couldn't see my hair and like yeah. put it in like the like way that like my mom would do it and I'd go into the like laundry room and like find a conga which is like this like square piece of fabric that they use mm-hmm. in Africa and my mom yeah. was raised in Africa and I would like yeah. t- my mom I would remember taught me you in telling way. me about yeah this. yeah yeah, yeah. My mom had taught me how to like tie it over a bathing suit so it looked more like a dress. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember that I'd go into the bathroom and just like put on the like towel on my head, the conga on my body, and I'd be naked underneath and like um, put on makeup and just like shut off the light because like too much light exposed too much of who much of who I like actually looked like. But like yeah. with just like the right amount of dimness, like it was confusing enough that I could see that I looked like a woman, mm-hmm. which is why I thought that I was trans female for the longest time. The older I've grown, the more that I've met non-binary people, the more that I realize that that's more what I feel like. Yeah. But those moments were definitely there, where I, like, would, like, look at myself in the mirror and, like, make faces and, like, think about myself as, like, what I would be like as a woman. I wonder if that is kind of a thing that gender queer, gender fluid, gender transgender, just, like, I wonder if the mirror is kind of a place where a lot of that happens. A lot of... It's kind of the stage where you can play around and and try to see how you yourself view view that image especially because like unfortunately mirrors don't really like show you the the actual image of who you are and that's the really funny thing is cis heterosexual people who look in the mirror they are not those people in the mirror the same way that we are not those people in the mirror that's just like so from this podcast i want to know how cis hetero people like feel about themselves in the mirror i don't know i'm not cis i I do both things of like assuming that like i'm weirder than other people and i'm also assuming that like people are weirder than like i think like the, the whole thing that i said about like i think that like cis guys like experiencing drag a little bit more than they understand like it's not every cis guy and i want to know no. like exactly like but it, but, but yeah. it is something that you have experienced is yeah you have met some cis guys who express really enjoy drag. not necessarily like drag needs to go in a more direction where like yeah. it's inclusive like cis guys and drag kings and genderqueer and like that that's, that's most of what like annoys me about yeah. RuPaul's drag race it that, needs to go in that direction that's something that i had mentioned to our friend al about is uh i think drag kings should be a way bigger thing no like i like land and and maybe and and maybe they are and like of course we're in the midwest and like oh we have this rupaul drag race race and and stuff but even like thinking about like the like wrong daddy's drag show there's uh so many drag kings there yeah and drag race like rupaul's drag race does not reflect that because we're in the fucking midwest and this Mm -hmm. is how things are yeah and like bearded queens and like I like, love that gender fuck and drag kings and just like yeah weird shit like things like I'll show you and, like Cheddar Gorgeous and, and stuff like and that and I think I unfortunately no like do you think it's more connected to RuPaul as like a drag person. queen and as a person or is it more connected to unfortunately going back to my weird obsession um the the people the capitalist people who run that like the company that produces that and then goes on a tv channel and stuff like here's my hypothesis i think that like rupaul has said things about like how she doesn't think that like drag kings are as exciting as drag kings drag queens 
which drives me nuts because they're not as like glittery or whatever but it's like literally just look at fucking land insider but rupaul can be convinced the problem is that like now they're on vh1 so like maybe there's less of a like gay man's agenda but like they were on logo and logo is 100 percent meant for gay cis men yeah um and having things like drag queen drag kings it's like all right like there's a scene in modern family where they talk about it's like mitch and whatever spaces that like try to like have like a venn diagram of just like people assume that like gay men and lesbians have so much in common because they're both queer but like gay men and cis women have in common that they both like men and they have like a venn diagram of like them crossing Mm -hmm. together uh lesbian women and cis men have in common that they both like women Mm -hmm. so like they have a venn diagram lesbians and gay men have this in common and they just like have the venn diagram and just like bump into each other and just like we have nothing in common and i hate like that line like i understand that they're being like ironic wait um, because was this off of like season twenty four of Modern Family? Probably. Because what? Why did it go there? I feel like it was pretty early, actually. Really? I, I watched it. I marks. don't. Like, I, I don't um, remember that. I don't know. That line bothered me so much. Logo is literally that. Like they're like, yeah. oh, we have nothing in common with lesbians, which is stupid. Like completely ridiculous. Well, that that yeah, that's a whole other like aspect yeah. of queer culture, which is like. Yeah. The segregation yeah. of queer culture. Yeah. So. And, like, on this season of Drag Race, they have Peppermint, who is the first woman, like, trans woman, who's, like, been acknowledged as trans before being on Drag Race on the thing, which is a good step to take. But it's not enough. I've seen, like, Raja's Twitter constantly. Raja's one of the winners of Drag Race season three. Yeah. She's amazing. Like, I literally wish that I was, like, a Katya Raja mix. Doesn't mean anything to you, but, like, I'll show you later. <laughs> um, Katya yeah. is fucking crazy. Raja's I'm. I'm just... An ignorant swine when it comes to this. It's fine. So. I'm obsessed. <laughs> but like, I. But like, if I talked about poets, you'd be confused oh, too. So <laughs> you are not wrong. <laughs> but like, Raj is constantly like posting things about like bring the kings in. There needs to be gender fuck. There needs to be bearded queens. There needs to be drag kings. There needs to be more than just drag queens. Season four of Drag Race was such an influential season because they brought in more than just pageant queens. And Sharon Needles won the crown because she was this like punk scary queen mm. now we have like shows on you like on youtube like dragula which is like literally yeah. just scary queens it needs to be more diverse and like season four is probably the season that brought drag race into like the mainstream because mm-hmm. it was so punk about everything and rupaul made the really like wise choice of picking the weirdo as the winner yeah so rupaul needs to move on from that season eight was a bunch of weird queens and i love that season nine is in a bunch of weird queens again Mm-hmm. And I need it to be more than that. Like I, I, I yeah. need RuPaul to be like, okay, cool. The the direction this is that we where need to take we it go. now that we're on VH1 and not Logo is drag kings and gender queer. Yeah. Because like, I feel like still the first season, like a drag queen would still win. But I feel like it needs to happen, especially since like feminism. Is yeah. Thing. And like literally, the more comments that they make on Drag Race, like the more that I realize that they're being very very sexist about a lot of things. Uh-huh. And they're getting better about that, which makes me less terrified that, like, as opposed to, like, maybe season six, if they'd have done this, like, of having, like, drag kings and, like, genderfuck people, it would have been very, like, this isn't drag, and, like, this isn't what it is. But, like, queens are more open to that shit. We've grown up around, like, not only drag queens, but drag kings and genderfuck. Yeah. It's not a thing that's, like, foreign to people. It's a thing that excites people and, like, needs to be moved in that direction next season considering the fact that like i feel like this season's gonna be a little bit of a flop um just because like i feel like it's a bit of a flop and i feel like i'm not the only one 
Yeah. It's like it's not a flop. It's not a flop flop. It's really good. But like, have you heard from uh, other people like who really follow the show? I've I've heard from people who are just disappointed with like the format of it, and that they feel like yeah. it's become a little bit too like set. But I like I don't give a shit about that. Yeah. I don't know if I, like I haven't really talked to other people about exactly what I feel about mm-hmm. Drag Race and like why I haven't been watching this season. Which I mean, like Grinder, I've made so many like Grinder matches of just like Drag Race things, but then like nothing happens of those. There's a huge part of me that's very glad to have turned out genderqueer and liking mostly guys. Mm-hmm. Um, because it, like, I came from a very religious family, and I, like, I, like, I'm not a brave person. <laughs> like, I'm really not. I, I'm terrified of everything. Everything gives me anxiety. I, like, I just want to hide in my room and cry, like, all my life. Like, that's yeah. that's how my life probably would go, if I didn't like take charge of it a little bit. But being queer forced me to realize that like first of all queer people are humans too and that they weren't like traumatized or whatever like i like i I experienced no like sexual trauma no nothing as a kid i had a really good childhood i was just raised in a sort of culty segment of like not only christianity but like evangelicalism in latin america with an american mother who Mm -hmm. was the kid of like missionaries like, we were very, very exclusive, and I don't know, like, the people were good enough to me that I don't know if I would have rejected them had I not, like, figured out the fact that I, like, I need to. Yeah. Like, it's not that I need to reject them. It's that I need to stand up for myself for once in my life. Mm-hmm. I, I, like, <laughs> I'm not a brave person, and I, like, I'm trying to do this so that other people don't have to be as, <laughs> like, quote-unquote, brave as I've had to be. Because yeah. other people have been fucking brave before me. And I need to, like, stand up for myself because I was born in a weird place. And I, like, I can't stand like that. I can't stand them preaching the fact that, like, queer people are not okay. Yeah. Because it made me suicidal and it made me eh, fucking miserable, even though I'm a good person. Like, mm-hmm. I, like I'm not perfect. I'm an asshole. I, like, I, I do terrible things. <laughs> But I'm also not a bad person. You're not a terrible person. I, like, like I'm not a terrible person. You're, you're like you're you're a good person, but like everyone, yeah, you make mistakes, and that's yeah. fine. But I don't know. Being genderqueer in particular, because it honestly manifested before I figured out that I liked guys, has given me the fuel that I needed. To realize how wrong I was and mm-hmm. how much I needed to reevaluate my life and reevaluate reevaluate whoever I was as a person. So I'm very grateful to it. Yeah. And it's made me a better person, I think. A lot more tolerable. I was yeah. very intolerable as a kid. Yeah. I, I just, like, I appreciate that we get to have these conversations and kind of the the two perspectives that we have. Because I, I come from a different side of things like my family was really like is religious in a different sense i also like have figured out my own identity through a lot of trial and error my dad always kind of comes back to this where he always tells me why do you fight everything why do you fight like every problem that comes in front of you and it, it it has to do with that is 
inherent in my being. I hate capitalism. I fight capitalism. I hate heteronormativity. I fight heteronormativity. I hate the patriarchy. I fight the patriarchy. That it will be something that I will do until the day that I die, and I am defined by that fight. And no matter if like one of those things is very inherent in me, uh, one of those issues is inherent in me, I will fight it. I'm I'm never gonna stop, and and unfortunately there's an, there's a problem with being defined by by like something as negative as kind of that. But I I I try to most of the time I force it out as positive energy through humor and through uh, just being happy, finding the good things in the world, uh, but. That doesn't mean I'm I'm done. That doesn't mean that I'll ever be finished with the fight. And when I die, it it doesn't mean that the that the patriarchy, heteronormativity, or whatever has won. It just meant that I'm done with the fight, and that there will be someone else there to to keep going with it, because. I'm, uh, there's no fucking way that I'm the only person in the world that is defined by that and by the contradictions and doesn't mind that they're a ball of contradiction. We both fight in different ways, but I, I very much define myself through, through that, through that fight. Yeah. So. And I want to be a fighter, but I'm not. I just yeah. like, I want to be comfortable. Mm-hmm. And I'm not comfortable, and I can't be comfortable, yeah. so I'm going to fight to be comfortable. Yeah. I fight because I know I'm uncomfortable, and that I will always be uncomfortable. And I fight for being okay with being uncomfortable. Yeah. Uh, for just, like, setting a place for people who will f- always feel uncomfortable, and will always feel those contradictions, and that it's okay to feel those contradictions. That it... it it shouldn't be an issue yeah so and i think that's that's what what like this whole podcast is about is us having these conversations and really yeah doing our best (laughs) exploring who we are yeah hopefully future podcasts won't be as sincere as this one (laughs) because i'm sick of being honest about anything (laughs) really Um, Oh, I'm this like, is the only sincere podcast that yeah, we no, will no, no, ever no. do. The rest are going to be 100% bullshit. <laughs> I'm going to lie about everything. No, and like, also just like having come out on Facebook really recently. Uh-huh. I feel like this is just like babbling way too much, but I don't care. But having come out on Facebook, I've had to be so sincere and so nice to everybody at this point that I'm tired of it. And I don't mm-hmm. mind being sincere. I like, if you ask me a question, I'm not the kind of person who's going to like be like, no, that's too private. Like, I like... I talk about anything. I love talking yeah. about myself and I love talking about my emotions. But yeah. I like I'm also tired of being less than human. Like I, I'm just this like sincere yeah. person who's just like being very kind about like, no, but we can't like make the gays seem weird. Like no, I like I'm a person. I don't need to do this shit. Yeah. I, I don't need to be as nice as I'm being. But at the same time I need to hear other people and like what they're doing and like i need to get these thoughts that are sincere out in the open because like it's a vulnerable part of me and i Mm -hmm. like 
It's a vulnerable part of all of us. Yeah, I, think. I, I hate vulnerability. I hate <laughs> it so much. See, that's that's a big core thing about me is I love being vulnerable. Oh no. There's I, there's maybe two or three things that I never talk about, but everything else is fair game. I put on a persona for everything. <laughs> and I yeah. need people to understand that I'm faking everything that I do so that they don't understand who I actually am. Yeah. But this is pretty close to who I actually am, sort of. It's not like it isn't obvious who I am by how I act, because I can't act all the time. Yeah. And, like, also, like, you're one of my best friends. So, like, Aww. you get to see, like, <laughs> parts of me that I don't let other I see. Yeah, I've seen a lot of parts of you, yeah. and there's honestly no part of you that I dislike. Thanks. So I, I like all the weird parts of you. So. <laughs> Thank you. But I think you're pretty cool, too. You don't have to compliment me. <laughs> No, like, I do genuinely feel it. Like, you're an amazing human, and I, like, also super, like, fucking relieved that your poetry is actually good, because, <laughs> like, I would have lied about that. Yeah, yeah. But I don't have to, so yeah. that's good. Thank you. Are um, we actually good writers? <laughs> and you're the judge. Anyway. No, you're not. Um, I'm right. Cool. Thanks, you guys, for listening to our podcast, the They Them Podcast. Subscribe. I'm... Uh, the Moon Poet. You can find me at Moon Poet on Twitter. Uh, the everything is capitalized except for the O's are zeros. So M zero zero N P zero E T. I'm whooping cough. The sort of drag queen. I and my Twitter is at Malapore. M A L A L E P O R E. I think that's correct. Like Amanda Lapore, but bad. Um, I am also like I'm also whooping cough the draw person on Instagram. If you want to see my drawings and like shit, I will be posting my comic book, whooping cough, oh, which yeah. is about my biography and life as a <laughs> This has been the beauty, the elegance, the moral obligation of the they them podcast. <laughs>